Welcome, welcome to the G-Squad Chronicles podcast, where we have frank discussions about life, love, and everything in between. My name is Gail, and I'm your host and captain of the G-Squad. To my existing tribe, welcome home. And to those new to our group, welcome, welcome to, to the squad. squad. If you like, like the, the content, content that we share, share, please remember to like the video and click to subscribe to the channel or hit us up on Instagram to give us your ideas about what you'd like us to discuss on the G-Squad. So thank you and welcome. We have a great show for you today. I have a special guest with us today. My son, Stephen, is our guest. And we're going to take a dive into the difficulties, the difficult topic of parenting an LGBTQ child. It's not really difficult, but it's, it's a difficult topic for a lot of parents to have those discussions and be open about it. So we want to just be transparent today and talk to you about what our experience was and, and how we dealt with it and how we got through some of the challenges. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. So Stephen, welcome to the G-Squad Chronicles. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you oh, for I'm having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Actually, I'm with him because I'm visiting him in Los Angeles. So uh, we are filming our first podcast in or, or taping our first podcast here in Los Angeles. So let's start. I'm going to start with a basic question. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the first night uh, we had that conversation and you told me that you were bisexual? You thought you were bisexual. Do you remember that night? Because I remember it vividly. Oh, I remember it vividly. I'm not sure you do because you're, the way you just told it is not at all how it happened. I, it wasn't. It wasn't this happy go lucky. Oh, yay! It wasn't that type of conversation. And it wasn't. And it wasn't necessarily like I told you. You went mind and business. That wasn't yours. <laughs> yeah, like and most parents, when you're kind of wondering what's going on, you don't feel like you're getting. Instead all of the just answers. asking. Uh, no, well, I, you know, I didn't feel comfortable asking, so I I just went digging and digging and trying to figure out what is going on or what the situation was. Not that it was, I was, well, but we'll get into that. Okay, so kind <laughs> of yes, you I can remember tell your version of what happened that night. I dug through your stuff. I found something that had me alarmed about what was going on. And then um, Long I, I know it wasn't your intention to tell me that night, but it kind of just happened because I was digging through your stuff. Well, yeah, but because you, you go ahead and give us your uh, take on I mean, that's happened. basically it. You went digging through some stuff that you shouldn't have, found some things that you shouldn't have. And well, listen, uh, I've never been one to, you know, cower um, when faced with, you know, the need to be forth and oath coming about who I am. So in that situation, I was like, okay, well, we here now. Let's go ahead and dive in. Because at the end of the day, I always knew that I didn't have a problem with who I was and that anybody, if anyone else did, parents included, that that would be their problem to walk through themselves um, or with whatever resources that they needed to. But I was never going to make someone else's problem with who I am my own problem. Um, so yeah, I said, okay, well, out with it then. Okay. Well, that that. But that was the first time. Yeah, and it, it, it was a little challenging. I'm getting some feedback, but we'll work through that. Um, I know to as a parent, and I'm speaking for other parents right now. Are you getting feedback? I'm getting no. feedback. Okay, sounds fine. Maybe I should lower my volume. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um. So as a parent, um. 
it's not that I know for a lot of parents, it's very difficult to have this conversation, especially for the first time, because you, you, you kind of know, but you don't know, and you're not really sure. And so you're trying to figure out what's going on. Cause usually now let me go ahead and interrupt you. You know, right. I was, you know, can, can you let me get to my point? <laughs> right. So I was going to say as a mother, a, mo a mother is usually the first to know. I don't know how long it takes the father to figure it out, but the mother is usually the first to know. So I kind of knew that's probably why I was snooping because I I suspected for a long time. And how, do you remember, like, what grade were you in when this happened? Was that your- I was a junior. I was 17. Okay. I was going to say, I thought it was your junior year. Okay. And so- I, my version of it is I was snooping, as Stephen said, and I went through his things and 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 found some things that, you know, kind of confirmed what I suspected all along. And as a mother, the first time finding this or confirming your suspicions is probably the one of one of the most difficult experiences that you'll have as a parent of an LGBTQ child because LGBTQ. Okay. LGBTQ. Okay. So AI plus, but you could, we'll deal with that later. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, and it's not because you, oh, I just, I mean, I guess you don't want your child to be LGBTQ uh, initially because, God, you think about how hard life is going to be for them because you already know how hard life is and how uh, how difficult some things can be and some people can be towards LGBTQ. And it's still that way in a lot of cases. It's a lot better than it was. But from my experience growing up, it wasn't as... Um, I guess, liberal or open as it is now. So my immediate thought was, oh my God, how difficult mm -hmm. his life's going to be. I can't stand the idea that my child could be tortured or or ridiculed or, or, or just made to feel less than or inadequate or unwelcome in some setting. So all those things are going through your mind and you're trying to come to grips with your understanding. You're also worried about what are people going to think of me? Is this somehow my fault? Is this something I've done? Uh, because my own sister said to me, um, he he wasn't that way. You you did that to him. You made him that way. And it's, it sounds crazy now. And I don't think any of us believe that now. But I, I think people want to find a find a way to place blame when they're just unsure and unclear about what LGBTQ means and and who the person is. And the reality is uh, it doesn't, I, I think it took me a minute. I had a, a very, very dear friend who said to me, because I was so upset and I called her and I was crying and I explained what I had discovered and the conversation you and I had had and and, and how upset I was and her reaction was, and she had a, a brother who was LGBTQ. Um, and so she grew up with a brother who was LGBTQ. So she said to me after she let me cry and explain what I had just learned and how devastated I was and how hard life is gonna be for you. And she said, just stop it. 
Please. And I said, what? She said, just stop it. You're being dramatic. She said, it, it, it's not that serious. I mean, it, it, it is what he is, but it's not who he is. And you're making more out of it than it has to be. And you need to calm down and stop it. And I th it wasn't at that moment that I started to, that it started to click, but I think it was, it was one of the defining moments that helped me to think, wow, yeah, it's not that serious. It's not my life. It's his life. My job is to help him navigate this uh, situation that he's in, not because I can help you because I understand what it means to be LGBTQ, but it was my job to help you navigate in a way that made you feel loved and made you feel uh, like there was nothing you could ever do to make, to change how I felt about you. So that was my challenge. I didn't get it right. I don't think in the beginning because I still remember I was so upset and so alarmed and I know I absolutely missed the, missed the mark and I did not get it right. And, and talk about your experience around that. And as the, as the child, how you feel like I missed the mark. Cause I know I did in those initial mm -hmm. months while we were working through it and, and trying to deal with it. But how, how did you feel? Did you ever feel like you weren't loved or that I loved you less once you shared that to me? I no, hope, I, never, I felt, never felt that. I never felt unloved or, or loved less. Mm -hmm. uh, but what it did feel like is that who I was, was an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I was a very different kind of child, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I, I was the type of child where I could go through a parent disapproving of something that I was doing or a way that I was being, and I could, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. Um, so, so while, while it was, was difficult to, you know, then go to school the next day and for the days after that and the weeks after that, and know that this is the elephant in the room every time I go home, that that was difficult. But at the end of the day, that I, I always knew that your then problem with it was always going to be your problem with mm -hmm. it. And I think an important, two important things to let people know. I actually had to have this conversation with you twice because after the first um, sort of discussion, you know, I sort of, painted it in a way that made you feel like, oh, well, maybe he will never explore that side of himself. And then a couple months later, a friend of mine, his mom, found out that he was also LGBTQ. And um, she came to me um, and told me about it. Um, and it was that conversation with her um where i was just like you know what because it was a little bit difficult for her as well um and i said you know what all of this difficulty parents not getting it i can't i can't leave it i i won't live my life like this with this like up in the air or this like it's unclear who i am mm -hmm. leaving you hoping that one day i'll definitely end up with a woman like and that, yeah, listen, that might happen. Um, um, but I sat you down again months later. 
I'll never forget it. No, you didn't set me down. You I said, come to my down. room. Yes, I said, come to <laughs> my room. I summoned you. Summoned me. Yes, I did. And then you said, I sure did. No, wait, let no, me tell the story. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. I summoned you. I summoned her. And before this, I went to I went to Dwayne, I went to CVS or somewhere to the magazine aisle and I picked up a GQ with a very attractive man on the cover. And I picked up no, it was a men's health with an attractive man on the cover, and it was a GQ with Rihanna on the cover. And she came into my room. I sat both magazines down right in her lap. And I said, look, I am attracted to this. And I am attracted to this. It is what it is. I'm not having no more discussions with you about it. If you have an issue with it, take them to your therapist, take them to your prayer closet, but don't bring them to me because any problem with you have that you have with it from this point on is your problem and your problem alone to deal with and solve. Do you have any questions? That's the type of child. Yeah, that that, that's exactly how it went. I think that's that's verbatim how the conversation went. I'll never forget like, it. Whatever. <laughs> and, and me. Great. Whatever. <laughs> well, that, so that's that is exactly how that conversation went that night. And that that's kind of how it ended. But at that point, I was kind of on the road to trying to not so much understand for him. But understand for me, because it was important. I, I had never, you know, personally experienced this. So I wasn't sure what this meant for me or what this meant for us. So I knew it was what it was at that point. So I had to get to the get on the road of acceptance. Right. So also quick. Can we can we also just paint a picture for people? This is 2007. Barack yeah. Obama is not yet president. Right, right. LGBTQ marriage is not even in the conversation of yeah. being a reality. Yes. Like we've not even had a black man as president of the United States yet right. when this is happening. So very different cultural context that we were living in. Right, right. Back then. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm still very scared for him and I'm still very terrified. So we're starting to think about colleges and things like that. So now all this is on my radar. So now I want him to go places where I know he would be more at home. So we were looking at all the schools in New York and places like that. And, and yeah, there were some great schools that he got into that were probably in some more rural areas, but I had some real concerns about him going to some of those not so metropolitan large areas and being LGBTQ. And so we we focused on schools in New York, schools in New York. There were some phenomenal schools in New York. And so that's kind of where we put our focus. And I never said because I want you to feel at home or I want you to be comfortable, but that is what was on my radar. Those are the things that I was concerned about his safety, him being accepted, him feeling loved, me not having to, you know, drive to some college and, you know, fight everybody every week. Cause you know, it's kind of, you know, what a mother does, but a, a mama bear does for her cubs. So uh, if, if they're in danger. So I, I, we, we zoomed in on New York. And, and that was what we decided, that he should go to school in New York. And that's what I wanted. Which was his first choice. That's anyway, what I had always wanted. Yeah, that was his first choice. So it wasn't because he was LGBTQ, 
TQ. That's what he's always said. He wanted to go to school in New York. We That was one of our happy places. We spent a lot of time there as a family. And so he loved New York. He always did. And he always felt at home there. And so we knew that that was the right fit for him. So all the pieces kind of came together. But let's talk a little bit about, because I want other parents who are mm -hmm. probably in the earlier space where mm -hmm. maybe they haven't had the conversation or they haven't come to the point of acceptance. Do you have any advice? I'll tell yes. you what, what I, let, let me tell you as, as a parent, my advice, and then I'll let Steven mm -hmm. share what he thinks. As a parent, the, the best thing you can do is love your child. And so I know the things you worry about are how embarrassed you're going to be, oh, what this is going to do to your standing in the community, whatever organizations you're a part of, what people are going to think about you or think about your family. None of that matters. None of it matters. What matters is the relationship that you have with your child, how you make your child feel throughout this process. And yes, it's going to be difficult in the beginning. It's going to be hard uh, traveling that road to acceptance. But I promise you, it gets better. The more dialogue you have, the more you talk about it. Now, one of my best friends in the world is my sister, and she is very enlightened, so to speak. So I had many, many conversations with her because she, uh, you know, helped me to move to acceptance. She would tell me, you're just being ridiculous. What, what difference does it make? Who cares? Da, 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 da. And all those things. And she was right. You know, it didn't matter. None of it mattered because you know what? The truth of the matter is this is one of the most amazing. I mean, everybody thinks their kids are amazing. Both of mine are. Both of my kids are amazing and both of them are phenomenal. But knowing that if the, my biggest concern is that he's LGBTQ, that was a small thing because he was one of the most amazing human beings that I had ever met in my life. And I was so blessed to have him as a son, to have my daughter as my daughter. They are phenomenal human beings. And whatever they are, whatever they turn out to be or whatever choices they make, the choices are theirs to make. And my job as a parent and your job as a parent, if you're listening to this and you're dealing with this, is to just help them navigate and get to, or if they don't already feel good about who they are and, and what life has to offer them. It has nothing to do with, it's no different than, you know, having a biracial child or something like that and having to help them navigate that road. It's the same thing with this. So... That was my experience. It, as I said, it was very, very challenging in the beginning. I had a hard time accepting it. But once I did, yeah. I was the better for it. Yeah. Stephen, what, what advice would you give to parents or even yeah. children? Who yeah, I would say for parents, and this advice is really just in general, when it comes to raising kids, when it comes to anything. You know, when you're raising children, you think that you're going, you think that like your best advice, your best guidance, your best how to's in regards to how to walk through life are absolute, right? But when you really think about it, right, everything that you're giving them and pouring into them is advice and guidelines, guidelines for how to survive in your reality, not theirs. So if you believe that life is very difficult for LGBTQ people 
and you know they're going to go through x y and z because of their lgbtq status that is the reality that you are creating because that's what you believe it doesn't necessarily have to believe that that's the reality that they live in right mm -hmm. so you don't necessarily have to to put that on them so just remember when you're giving your kids advice on how you think reality should be run all that really is is perspective exactly. it's not an absolute everybody, everybody we talked about this the other day everybody is 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 different and has a different uh role and path to traverse in life and i think it's important to 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 let people Give people the grace and the freedom to your kids, rather the grace and the freedom to to walk those paths um, and become who they they need to become. And it's not to say that your advice is 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 bad or it's wrong, but it is what it is. It is your perception about how to survive in your idea of reality. And for example, my idea of reality was was not this. I did not believe I was going to struggle through life because I was LGBTQ. I just, I just didn't believe that. Yes, that's what everybody said. Um, but, you know, again, like, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but I'm a very spiritual person. I have a very strong faith. And I just did not believe that that was the life that God had been preparing me for. Just like you said, I was this amazing human being. I knew I was a dope human being. And I said, there's no way that I am the person that I am. I have the relationship with the God that I have. And I'm about to walk this very difficult path because... I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to. I don't buy that for my reality because I am a child of the most high. I can render the reality of my choosing. And I chose not to believe what your perception of your reality was. And like, a, like my life has not been drastically diff difficult because mm -hmm. of, of, of me being LGBTQ. Now, look, I, I will admit, and many people have told me this, people in the community have told me this, a part of that is because I identify with the B um, in that in that acronym, which means that there is some privilege to that that I don't necessarily have to. I don't necessarily have to go through a lot of the sort of same level of discrimination that you know lesbian women and, and gay men have to go through because you know it's just one of those things where you if you don't really know if you don't mm -hmm. really know me mm -hmm. right. Um, um, so there's a, there is a level of privilege there, um, <clears throat> but but in general, no, it has not been been very difficult, um, <laughs> and which which says all it says to me is that like I am exactly who who I was supposed to be. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. I I can tell you in the beginning, and there's some of the funny story. I, I and parents, I'm sharing this because I know you have these same fears. I'm thinking, oh God, I'm gonna surprise him and come to New York one day and he's going to be walking down the street with the dress on and he's going to which oh is like God. not even <laughs> it's, which is, I mean, that's a completely is, different conversation that was his journey yeah if that was his journey but that like I know straight men who wear I, I know straight men who wear dresses yeah, I know, like, I said, at that time though <laughs> at that time that was like oh my god what am I going to do I walk I walk out and he's, he's got on a dress and high heels or how am I going to handle it but, you know, those are all the crazy things that, as a parent before you become enlightened and before you travel the road to acceptance that you you deal with all the crazy thoughts and they, they don't even matter. Those things are just so unimportant. But I do have another question for you. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about when you understood that's who you were, like around what age did you truly understand it? Because I can tell you as a mother, 
I kind of understood it when you were very, very young, maybe as a toddler. Well, I didn't know to the point of like really being able to, to wear it um, as this is who I really, really am. I didn't know how to do that until college. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't really know how to do that until college. But I knew something. I didn't know what this was when I was six years old and you all signed me up for soccer, uh, to take soccer. Um, but I'll never forget being like six and that first day at soccer, there was just another kid on on the um another dude on the on the team. And he was changing into his parents like had him changing into his uh soccer uniform. And I just remember the shirt came off and I was like six. He was probably like six too. And I just remember when the shirt came off, I became transfixed. Like very similar to how I would become transfixed as a child when I heard Whitney Houston's voice. Mm -hmm. And I always, and I never forget that. I was always like, hmm, what is that? Now, but that didn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, kids. No, but that was, times. but that was, but what I recognized later in, because I never forgot that moment. Oh, ever, okay. ever, ever, okay. ever, ever have I forgotten that right. moment for as long as I have lived. Okay. And it wasn't until I was later, like in my, probably in my college years that I would think back on that and be like, oh, that was me being attracted to the same sex for the first time. Even at six. At huh? six. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you think other kids related to you growing up? You were, you were, you didn't <clears throat> go out and play with a lot of kids not till like kids. not till i was a little older not until i was about 10. okay you feel like when you were younger you don't feel like kids saw any difference but oh no as you, no as kids you got older they kids did. definitely saw a difference um okay. kids definitely saw a difference um i guess generally what you'll find is that people who identify as lgbtq uh are a bit more fluid in the way that they uh, mitigate through masculine and feminine energies, mm -hmm. um, that I think that's one of our our gifts, right? We have we have a, a deeper understanding, more access to to both sides of that mm -hmm. human energy, so we can live in in both sides a little bit more um, than people who identify as heterosexual, and that is what other kids, when I was very young, were picking up on, like. I'm not always doing the super masculine thing. I'm not always doing the super feminine thing, but there's always this fluidity that mm -hmm. I can move through. There's always been this fluidity. Um, and so again, when I was younger, look, it was a different time. So when kids were picking up on that, yeah, you get made fun of. But you know, I did also grow up in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. um, and, and honestly, being able to flow between those two energies has, has made my relationships both platonic and romantic with men and women so much more better because I, I understand my fellow human being a little bit more like I understand feminine energy so I understand women really well and I understand masculine energy really well so I understand men really really well um so it, it really has become a uh, an asset I would say so how would you say uh, so we've talked a lot about how I dealt with it how how do you think you're father dealt with it that was a bit easier uh because you uh scared the the crap out of me of telling him for years i scared you so that you didn't tell him mm -hmm. oh wow How yeah, did you, I do that? you just said it would destroy him okay 
And that's another thing, parents, you have to be very careful with what you say. You have to be very careful with what you say to your kids when you're going through this. Uh, but you did say, don't tell your I father. I using that as a scare tactic, but that was probably a bad move on my part. Don't tell your father because you will destroy your, your him. Your father's not the type that would scare or 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 uh, be destroyed by something like that. So I'm sure I was using that as a scare tactic. Like, don't do it. You're going to destroy your father. But um, Again, so tell parents, us about don't, that Don't experience. do that. Um, well, um, as often, uh, as it often is the case, uh, Beyonce was a big help. <laughs> Beyonce, you're getting credit for things that happened in my house. <laughs> Beyonce was a big help. Um, it was the self-titled album. And there was this song she did on that album with The Weeknd, just all about like being a confident person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, that song always stood out to me on that album that came out in 2013. And I was sitting in my room in New York City when I still lived in New York. And the thought popped into my head. Like, cause I was like, yeah, I really want to embody this like confident energy. So wait, energy. you didn't tell him until I, you were out of college? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it was 2013. But um, I think he kind of knew before that. Or no, 2014, I would say. 2013, 2014. Uh, <laughs> but we had never had the conversation. But I mentioned to him one time. I know. That, mm -hmm. Okay. And he was like, oh, 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 I think you're just, you know, reading into it. I was like, yeah, because you, 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 you used that in the conversation of not telling him. Um, yeah, um, he, he tried to dismiss it. But okay, so go ahead and tell us. Um, so I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to body the energy of this song. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to tell me nothing. And then I thought, you've been afraid to tell your father that you identify as bisexual for years. So are you really going to identify with the song? And I swear to you, in that instant, I picked up the phone and called him. And what Didn't did he even say? think about he it. He said, okay. Well, well, first he had to call me back because he was with some people. And he called me back and I said, look, here's what it is. I, I worded it very it's similarly to how I worded it with you that, that second, second time. time. Mm -hmm. um, and now he... He was he was cool with it. He was like, "Look, I don't know how you said. It. Look, I don't know how I would have reacted some years ago, but it's 2013. We are in a completely different time. I have seen things in this time that like just make that not a big deal to me." Okay, awesome. That's awesome, man. We should have told him in the early years. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you should have waited until 2013 to tell me and I would have been able to handle it a little better. I don't know. Yeah, don't well, know let's let's get to some of our listener questions. We had some questions from listeners. Um, this question's for you, Stephen. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to approach your parents for this discussion if you're LGBTQ? <clears throat> oh, goodness. So I have given... There's no one way, I don't think. Uh, I have given the advice before to people to not tell their parents. Uh, this is more so when they're young or younger, still under their parents' sort of financial uh, care. Um, but, you know, I, but I also tell people, look, if, if you know you have the type of parents or the type of relationship with your parents where you can have that conversation, I tell them, go ahead and tell them, but be very clear, very honest, 
no don't leave any don't leave any room for interpretation <laughs> when you tell them <laughs> like yeah because when we first had the conversation i was thinking ah he's not sure it's a phase maybe you know blah, blah, yeah blah. that so you, that was me to come that back. was me that was but that was me putting on a front so that right. the first confrontation wouldn't be a so explosive right um okay. um so that that is my advice to kid like if you know that you can't, you know, because your parents are who they are, they grew up the way that they are, then don't mm -hmm. um, if you're still under their financial care. Um, but if you know you can have the conversation, have it, have it honestly, have it candidly, don't leave room for interpretation, for interpretation. be very, very, very clear. Um, so yeah, and, and don't rush it, don't rush it, don't rush it. Okay. Um, and here's another thing I'll say. If your parents ask, out with it. If you're ready. If you're ready and they ask, out with it. Okay. Because you, you, you'd be surprised that your parents love you. And a lot of, in a lot of cases, they, they want to give you the support that you need. There's so much suicide and other things. And that's certainly not an option. I mean, that is just not something you should be considering if you're afraid to tell your parents, your parents love you and they'd much rather have you tell them your, uh, your truth and your honesty than to have you even consider harming yourself because you don't want them to know or you don't want to embarrass your family. I promise you, they'd much rather hear your truth than to hear something from the school or from the police that you ha caused harm to yourself. So please, please, whatever you do, give your parents the opportunity to hear your truth and to support you. Even in the strictest, most conservative families, I assure you that you will find a way to work through it if you guys work together. It may not be easy in the beginning, but you will get there together as a family. So this was a question for me. Um, how did you as a parent come to grips with this reality and reconcile it in your mind? And how long did it take you to get there? Initially, like I said before, I did not. I, I, I knew that I loved my son. I knew that nothing he could ever do would make me stop loving him. And as I explored it more and I educated myself more, and like I said, I got a lot of good advice from a dear friend and from my sister who both thought that I was overreacting. And, and I realized that I was because this just was a, a small, minute part of who he was. And everything else about him was super dope and super amazing. And I was just so proud to be that given part the charge. is dope too. <laughs> and I was I was super proud to be given the charge by God to be his mom. So uh I I am blessed to have experienced and traveled this road with him as difficult as it was for me. And I'm excited that we are at the point that we are now where we just can talk about it. We can joke about it. We can laugh about it. I can laugh with his friends about it because whoever thought that I would get to that point because I was a wreck in the beginning. But yeah, how long you, the question was, how long did it take me? Do you think our conversations about it began to change probably halfway through my college experience? Okay, so maybe three years before I truly felt comfortable enough to 
where we could talk about it and have serious dialogue and mm-hmm. and me start to feel okay about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, so. when like it would be like the conversations when I was in college and be like, oh, okay, so you would ask me, are 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 you are you still are 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 you still bi- bi- bisexual? <laughs> and then I would be like, are are are, are you still straight? <laughs> And then you realize how silly you sound asking me that question. Parents, if your child, you know, is as smart mouth as this one, you may have a real challenge. But I actually think it'll be easier. I think it'll be easy for you because they won't put up with a lot of your foolishness. Oh, my gosh. This is so funny. Um, Okay, so the next question for you, Stephen, Mm -hmm. was... um, I think we answered this. How old were you when you first told your parents? I think you said you were in 11th grade. Uh, right? I was 17 when you found out you were right. not told. Okay. <laughs> <And> okay. Then... <laughs> okay. When I dug through stuff and found out. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then I was. Oh, sorry. No, was it 2013 or was it 2016? Well, um... 16, you were already. No, 20, 16, no 2016. So when I was 26, I'm trying to, when did that Beyonce song come out? Which album that was when was you that? told your dad, right? Yeah, okay, 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 okay. So, no, so that was 2016 when I told my dad. So then 26 when I told my dad. So, like nine years in between, okay, okay. So, next <clears throat> question for me was as a mom, did you try to change him? Well, as a parent, you do think, oh, maybe there's some things I can do. You know, I was like, you knew you wasn't in. changing me. I, no, I was like, oh, if he played football or, oh, if I put if him I some played, masculine. If I, if I played <laughs> football. Some masculine activity. I'm, I'm saying as a parent, you're reaching for straw. You're grasping at straw. So, so the, the dude who likes that now, dudes. But that wasn't the reality <laughs> like, then. Football players weren't coming out back then. But they are now. So, I mean, you know, you think of crazy things when you're scared, you're a parent, and you're thinking, oh, football with all those you know, boys. Not, you know, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't trying to go get him exercised or anything where I was trying to get, you know, somebody to exercise the demons out of him. That wasn't it. It wasn't to that extreme. But um, I did think that there were, if I if he played more masculine sports or things like that. But, I mean, that's just silly that's just silly stuff that you think about when you're when you're feeling desperate and backed into a corner and you're worried about what your child's life will be like. If anyone has that idea, stuff, but, it'll only exasperate it. Right. Go yeah, put them around hot, sweaty right? men in tights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, everybody's it, slapping each other on the ass. You think about it. Yeah. <laughs> take them take them to start lifting weights <laughs> around all those big sweaty muscle bound muscle bound men. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think there was another question for you, Stephen. Um, mm-hmm. did you ever fear that your parents would disown you when you told them? Oh, when you were younger, did you ever have that fear? No. No. Okay. I knew that it would not be easy with dealing with the parents finding out, but I knew it wouldn't be to that extreme. Okay. That I was certain of. But I also knew that if it was to that extreme that I would be okay. Okay. Um and and that is something that I would say to to children or teenagers, whoever who who is going through this with their parents, grandparents, whoever it is, you have to get to a point where you understand so fully that everything that you need to to thrive here on this earth and this life is already inside of you and that nothing external 
has the power to determine your trajectory unless you give it that power. And that includes your own parents. You have to, you have to be okay with whatever their reaction is. And this is an extreme example, but tomorrow they might be gone. And when they're gone, you're still going to be LGBTQ. So does their opinion of it matter? In In the grand grand scheme of things, things, it doesn't. And And so so whether or not they're going to be okay with it, you have to figure out how to be okay with whatever their reaction is. Um, And by the time we had that second conversation, I was at that point. And by the time I was telling my dad, I was at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, where whatever it is, I'm going to be all right. (laughs) You might not be all right, but that's going to be your problem. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I will will definitely say in closing, my final remarks is, just love your kid, love your child, love your, whether they're, uh, I have one LGBTQ uh, child and one not LGBTQ, LGBTQ. You gonna learn that acronym. <laughs> child. And man, they're both super dope and both just absolutely amazing. They are just gonna do amazing things in this world. And I, I can tell you, I couldn't be more blessed uh, to have the children that I have. Uh, It's just, it's just an amazing thing to see. I'm just happy that I was able to experience this life with them and we enjoy each other. We have fun together. Uh, They're just awesome, man. And, and, I mean, anything that your child does that you agree or not agree with, just, just talk to them, man. They're, they're, they're super, I mean, they're, they're smart people. They, they're, they're humans. They're, they're growing into their manhood and their womanhood and just, just talk to them. I know my daughter and I, you know, battle on a lot of things too. And man, I I just think if we just learn to talk to our children and treat them like the young men and women that they are and, and respect their decisions and, and whether they're right or whether they're wrong, you know, let them make them because it's their mistakes or their achievements to make and it's their steps to take. And our, our, I mean, you can always give your opinion or tell them what you think, but at the end, it's their decision to make and we just have to be there to help them through it, whether it goes right or whether it goes wrong. I mean, if it goes right, obviously I want to take some credit, but if it goes wrong, we have to be there to pick up the pieces and just, just love them, man. Just, just, make it okay for them to talk to you, make it okay for them to come to you, make it okay for them to open up to you because God, if they can't open up to you, who who do they have? They, they need to have a safe space and you need to be that safe space for them to land as a parent. Correct. And that's that's it, period. And it will In be, it will be as difficult as it may or may not be, and this is for parents, it will be so much better if you're behind them Absolutely. and you support them. Absolutely. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even realize this, but you know, when you told me you wanted to do this and what the topic was and you walked me through the questions and why you wanted to, 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 to do this for people, you know, it gave me, I didn't realize this would even happen, but that was really the first time I had heard you even speak that way about this topic. And it gave me a different, uh, confidence in just walking Mm -hmm. as who I am as when I learned that that's where you were 
Mm -hmm. um, so, and I didn't, I, I did not expect that because like I said, I am this person who, who is okay living my life regardless of how people feel about it. But to know that the support I have from you had reached that level that you wanted to help other people with it, it really gave me a new confidence and a new strength. Um, and, and that is the role and, and the power that you have as parents. You, with you, with your power, with your words, you can you can build your children up or you can tear them to the ground. So 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 really, choose wisely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Stephen, for being so open and so honest. I think the listeners will really enjoy what you had to say. Hopefully they'll enjoy what I had to say, even though some <laughs> of mine was not very enlightening because it took me a while to get there. But I, I so appreciate you. I love you, I love man. You You're just super, super amazing. And man, I, I just can't say enough about the man that you've become and how proud I, proud I am of the man that you've come you've become and thank you for allowing me to take this journey with you and for allowing me to get it right Amen. it took me a minute to get it right so Amen. with god's help and with your help and your understanding I, I got there and i got it right so uh thank you to my support system and thank you g squad for being here for our very first g squad chronicles podcast g squad we love you Remember, we're going to have our content on YouTube, so please subscribe to our channel so you get notified whenever we have new content uploaded. Thank you for uh, listening to our video, I guess, video podcast. Uh, this is going to be available to you by audio as well as by video. So thank you so much. Um, we will talk to you again soon. And you'll you'll talk to Stephen often because he'll be a, a guest on our show a lot. So thank you, G-Squad. Have a good evening. Bye. You know, when you stop.